Episode 26. Just don't screw them up. I was listening to a podcast that I'll link below with uh, Matt and Chris Calderoni from Molotium. Sports Psych, Sports Performance. Um, I don't think they want to be labeled, but that's kind of the bucket that they're in. Um, improving people's mindset, resilience, what have you. They're in that space. And Matt was sharing a story that really resonated with me. It was almost identical to my experience, just in a different sport. But as I started thinking about it, and as we're going to work through on this podcast episode, um, this thought came to my head that the quantum leap in player development, in player performance, comes from belief. The quantum leap comes from belief. And I'll unpack that a little. Um, I'll give you the cliff notes on Matt's story, and then I'll talk about mine, and then we'll relate it all, weave it together. But essentially, Matt was kind of an average youth soccer player growing up and wasn't on the best travel teams, wasn't even on the best rec teams. Um And his ultimate goal one day was to become a professional soccer player. And he had this limiting belief that, you know, he wasn't that good at soccer. And when you start to believe it from a quantum perspective, that starts to come to fruition and repeat itself in your life. So if you're putting out the energy that you're not very good at soccer, those are the results that you're going to get. And you're going to find evidence from either your imagination, your own thoughts, or listening to the thoughts of others that you're not good at soccer. So struggled all the way up, got to high school, and his buddy just pushed him one day and said, hey, like... Let's step out of the region that we're in. Let's step out of the bubble that we're in. And we can go travel somewhere to try out for this team. Nobody knows who we are. We can kind of just, his words, ball out. And, you know, have no attachment to the previous environment, the previous coaches. And just see what happens. So he went out to this traveling team farther away and performed super well, just let go. And the coaches came up to him and the coach said something that Matt still remembers to this day. And he was like, why weren't you guys playing at this level earlier? Like, how have I never heard of you? Like, you guys are really good. Meanwhile, he's the same exact player that he was the day before and the week before and probably the month before. And in that environment with the coaches that he's had with the people that he was around in the environment that he was in, he didn't think he was very good. 
and people around him didn't think he was very good. So that became the story that he told himself, the narrative that he started believing. And how that kind of ties in to my experience. Um, ultimately, and we'll swing all the way back around to this, but I, when I look back on my development, which happened between pretty much in my three years of junior hockey, I became somebody else. Um, I was a very average to maybe below average in my high school coach's eyes player. Um, I had to play simple. I couldn't be the person that I wanted to be. I couldn't make the plays that I wanted to make. Um, I was handcuffed with him and the results spoke for themselves. Like I think I had 10 career high school points and the year before I was playing for a coach that, you know, I was free to make plays, do what I want. And I was wildly more successful. And when like former teammates would come watch my high school games, they'd be like, what the heck? Like you're a completely different player. And between that one year, I probably got stronger. I probably got faster, but yet my game looked, appeared like it went down. So after high school, again, played for a coach in my first year of juniors on an independent tier three team that you can't even look up. Um, played for a coach that saw something in me and let me play free and brought my best out of me. And again, I went back to that player that I was before I played for my high school coach. Simply a change in environment changed who I was, how I performed, and what I was believing about myself. Then you fast forward a month and a half later, that coach left. New coach comes in, didn't like him, so I left. Went and played for a different team in my first year of juniors for a coach that screamed and yelled and demanded and had no personal connection to his players. And again, I went back to a kid that was missing passes in practice and gripping his stick too tight and for all intents and purposes underperforming just based on the new environment that I was in. Nothing had changed between the month that I was in my first team environment to the month that I was in my second team environment. Yet performance suffered. I looked like a different player. I looked like I got worse. Then you fast forward six months from that point. I'm in my second junior training camp with a different team because I left because I didn't like the environment that I was in. Again, a coach that let me play free. Honestly, I don't think he taught me a single thing about hockey the entire year. I played on the first line with two other really talented players. And I think he had enough to worry about with the rest of our roster. 
in terms of teaching and educating that he just let us go. And we, quote unquote, to use Matt's words, balled out that year. And we played really well. And we had a ton of confidence. And we were producing. But from the first year to the second year of juniors, I wasn't taught a single thing about the game. So, like, anything that I learned was through experience myself, through self-reflection, through studying my own game. But there was no external, like, this coach made me so much better through his knowledge. So, again, like, was it just environment? Did I actually get better or did that quantum leap in performance getting one point my first year of juniors to 47 points my second year of juniors at the same level. Was that from simply a coach that believed in me? So when we talk about this episodes, just don't screw them up. Like sometimes as a coach, you don't even need to provide like a ton of value. And if you have a great working relationship or you want to get to know your players and you know where they've been previously, if they've been in a shit environment where they're getting yelled at, they're getting screamed at for every little ticky tack turnover decision, whatever. Like sometimes if you just let those kids play, you don't need to teach them a fucking thing. And like it happened to me. So we'll tie this again together at the end with some more thoughts, but just wanted to interject with that first. So again, going into my third year of juniors, I changed teams again, went back to the place that the coach screamed and yelled, and I was gripping my stick too tight because my very first junior hockey coach that was only there for a week came to coach that team with that guy. So I went for him because I knew what I would get out of that situation with him coaching me and letting me play free and working with the forwards. So I went back to that team for him again. He added more value on the hockey side. He actually did teach, but the greatest benefit to playing for him was every time I turned a puck over trying to make a play, I didn't come back to the bench and get screamed at. I didn't even get talked to sometimes. Sometimes we would just make eye contact. And if I knew that, like, I was forcing it or trying to do too much, like, I knew. You don't have to tell a lot of players that they're, like, they made a bad play or a bad read or whatever. So... Again, just being allowed to play my game and a coach simply getting the fuck out of the way and not making themselves too important to coach at every step of the way improved my game, again, from year two to year three. And I went from 47 points to 100 and something at the same level of tier three junior hockey. And again, it wasn't like this grandiose coaching, like super smart, super valuable guys. 
as my coaches. It was just coaches that got out of the way and allowed me to express myself creatively, allowed me to express myself as who I was and didn't necessarily try and tinker and change that. So really thinking back to my quantum leap in junior hockey over three years, I truly don't believe it was quote unquote expert coaching from like, I learned a bunch of tactics. I learned a bunch of technical information. I learned how to like my coaches at that time, like weren't super up on strength and conditioning and how to integrate that. So like there was nothing that I was getting from them to like truly be successful other than them getting out of my way. So again, coming back to the title and using inversion, which I absolutely love as a coach, just don't screw things up. And to do that simply like taking a page out of like, I've written about Jesse Marsh and he's at Leeds now coaching soccer and he sits on the bench during the game and he has a cup of coffee and I just watched him play Man City yesterday and he's not yelling and screaming at players he's not trying to coach from the sidelines he's just letting them express themselves and when I truly think back to how much better I got as a player over a three-year period it was just from having coaches like Jesse that simply allowed me to essentially do what I felt like doing. Um, And not every player will be like me and some will need more and some will need less and some will need different. But I think it's important to keep in mind and like you can look back to how you were as a player and maybe this my story and Matt's story completely overlaps with what you experienced so don't lose sight of it as a coach you have valuable experiences that you went through as a player if you sit down and reflect on them and start to think about some of these things again from user experience perspective what is it like to be a player and that's truly what matters So you can have the best, you know, you can sit in the coach's office and drop the best four check that anyone's ever seen. So progressive, completely new, like it could be a four, one, four check, something just crazy that no one's done tactically. But if your players think you're nuts or they don't believe in you or they're not bought in or they don't have a good enough relationship with you. They're not going to do it. So the best four check is simply one that your team will do, whether that's one, two, 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 one, two, four, one, whatever. They have to do it. So again, that's where user experience comes in. That's why I'm huge on user experience as a concept and inversion as a concept. Both of them used here in this episode. Um, I'll stop beating a dead horse and, uh, Let me know if you got some value out of this. Drop a comment. Send me an email directly. Shoot me a text. 
and we will see you on episode 27 and fuck share this if you uh got some value out of it too share it with a friend